My dear old mother would often say to us kids, deceive me once, shame on you. Deceive me twice, shame on me. And you kind of go with this thing. My mother was old school in uh, the way she would negotiate deals and uh, on anything. It didn't matter if it was a small item or a large item. I had been with my mom in J.C. Penney's, and she would call over the store manager and say, hey, look at this garment, this shirt. How can you expect full price for this shirt? That's when us kids would walk away, you know. We do not know that lady. <laughs> so, but a good deal for my mom and a good negotiation was when the other person suffered. Now I have nothing against a good deal, but my mom was ruthless. So as an adult, I think I come by it kind of natural, I hated and still do, to be deceived, to be taken advantage of. And I, I think that had a lot to do with the way I was raised. But in chapter 9 of Joshua, the rulers of Israel are about to be deceived. So let's look at chapter 9 of Joshua. We're going to read the whole chapter, so bear with me. And it came to pass when all the kings who were on this side of the Jordan, in the hills and in the lowland, and on all the coasts of the great sea towards Lebanon, the Hittites, the Ammites, the Canaanites, the Perzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, they heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily, and they went and pretended to be ambassadors, and they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old patched sandals on their feet, old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to the camp of Gilgal and said to him and to all the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now, therefore, make a covenant with us. Then the men of Israel said to the Hivites, Perhaps you dwell among us, so how can we make a covenant with you? But they said to Joshua, We are your servants. And Joshua said to them, Who are you and where do you come from? So they said to him, From a far, very far country your servants have come, because of the name of the Lord your God, for we have heard of his fame and all that he had did in Egypt, and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites, and who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon, king of Hezbon, and Og, king of Basham, who was an Ashtoreth. Therefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us, saying, Take provisions with you for the journey, and go and meet them, and say to them, We are your servants. Now therefore make a covenant with us. The bread of ours we took hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But now look, it is dry and moldy. And these wineskins, which were filled, were new. And you see, they are torn. And these are garments, and our sandals have become old because of the very long journey. 
Then the men of Israel took some of the provision, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them, and he made a covenant with them to let them live, and the rulers of the congregation swore to them. And it happened at the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors who dwelt near them. Then the children of Israel journeyed and came to their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon and these other three or four cities. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation complained against the rulers. Then all the rulers said to the congregation, We have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will let them live, lest the wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them. And the rulers said to them, Let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for all the congregation as the rulers had promised them. Then Joshua called for them, and he spoke to them, saying, Why have you deceived us, saying, We are very far from you, when you dwell near to us? Now therefore you are cursed, and none of you shall be freed from being slaves, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. So they answered Joshua and said, Because your servants were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you all the land and destroy all the inhabitants of the land from before you. Therefore, we were very much afraid for our lives because of you, and have, we have done this thing. And now, here we are in your hands. Do with us as it seems good and right to do to us. So he did to them and delivered them out of the hand of the children of Israel so that they did not kill them. And that day Joshua made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for, for the altar of the Lord in the place he would choose even to this day. First we have the kings that are on the eastern side of the Jordan. Uh, and they, they're coming together because they feel threatened. And so they call for a powwow among themselves. And they will come together in one accord to fight against Israel, who is now their common foe. Nothing unites like a common enemy. But things are different for Gibeon and the leaders of Gibeon. And it says they are crafty. They have heard what Israel did to Jericho. They've seen what Israel did to Ai. So they conspire to deceive Joshua and the rulers of Israel, and they want a peace treaty. And Joshua, he'll ask them in verse 8, Who are you and where did you come from? They answer, We came from a far country. For we have heard of the notoriety of your Lord, your God, his fame, and all that he did in Egypt. And to the local kings we've seen what he has done. So we have come to seek peace. They're willing to be slaves now. They're willing to be servants. But please make a peace treaty with us. 
And the men of Gibeon lie and they deceive Joshua. And their deception, it works. And the men of Gibeon, they get their peace treaty. However, shortly, it says three days, their deception becomes known. And the people of Israel, they're very upset with their own rulers and they grumble against their rulers. But they honor the treaty. They don't go back on their word even though they were deceived. And that's noteworthy. You deceived us, but we gave you our word and we will not destroy you. Israel, they're God's people and they honor their promise of peace regardless of the deception of Gibeon. But Joshua, he's not done with them. He's going to pronounce a curse upon them. And in verse uh, 23, we read about it. None of the Gibeonites will live free. You know, you've sealed your own fate here. You're not going to live free. You will be the slaves of Israel. You're going to be woodcutters. And water carriers for the house of the Lord. Now that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> but to answer the question of the Gibeonites uh, who committed this deception, it lies in this. We have heard of Israel's God. They have heard what God through Moses and through his people has done in Egypt. And allow me to paraphrase here, verse 24. We have heard that the Lord your God commanded Moses to take all the land and destroy all the inhabitants of the land. And we were very much afraid. And because of their fear, they're more than willing to be slaves. And slaves they will be. They are slaves through several, uh, actually, centuries there, and they're slaves all the way to the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. Because in Ezra and Nehemiah, the Gibeonites are known as the Nethanims, and they were still slaves at that time. And there's several lessons for us here in this dealing with the uh, Joshua and the Gibeonites. Joshua believed the deception. He believes what the men of Gibeon have told him. As leader of Israel, Joshua, he looked at the circumstance in a logical, mindful manner. They've got old sandals. Their shirts and their garments are old. Their bread is old and moldy. And they've got old wineskins. So Joshua, we read in verse 14, he depends upon his own logical wisdom. And he did not take counsel of the Lord. Wow. I think, I think we all fall into that trap sooner or later. I try... Whenever I embark on a new project or perhaps considering a large purchase or something like that, I try to stay open and neutral on the whole situation until I hear from God. You know, we always like to do the pros and the cons, write down on the sheet of paper the good, the bad, and so forth. Try to keep an open mind until you hear 
from the Lord. We have an all-knowing God. Take advantage of that. God knows the beginning from the end, and he knows all the details in between. Take advantage of God's wisdom. God wants the best for us. Why would we not seek our Lord's counsel? Well, in one word, it's usually pride. We feel we know best. But Joshua, he's given Gibeon what he wanted. He's given them a peace treaty, and their lives are spared because of Joshua and the rulers of Israel saying, okay, we're not going to kill you. God has given all the land of Canaan to Israel. It's God's doing. It's his deal. And part of God's command that frightens all the Gibeonites is Israel is to destroy all the inhabitants. They destroy all the people of the land, which includes them. And they have seen God performing his destruction with Jericho and Ai. And this has happened very recent for the Gibeonites to see. Whenever any people feel that they are fighting a battle or a war in obedience to their God, they become very motivated, extremely motivated. Ask ISIS. Any Islamic believer who believe that they are fighting for the causes of Allah, they are treacherous. There's no give and take. They're on a mission. And for them to die fighting the battles of Allah or fighting for what they call Islam uh, opponents or enemies, it guarantees them instant paradise. You go straight to heaven if you die in the cause of Allah. And you get your 70 virgins or whatever. Realize that God has given the enemies of Israel 400 years to repent. Sometimes that's overlooked. 400 years from the time that Jacob took his family in the 70 and they went down into Egypt, God has dealt with the enemies of Israel. And Israel has become famous in that part of the world. They uh, all the enemies of Israel have heard how God delivered them out of Egypt. They've heard about the ten plagues that uh, God brought on Pharaoh in Egypt. They've read, they've heard, they've been told about the crossing of the Red Sea on dry ground. And the Gibeonites, they understand, they understand with surety that God has given Israel the land that they dwell in. Therefore, they're very much afraid, and they have a reason to be afraid. And so they deceive Joshua and Israel. And they deceive them because they have heard what God commanded Moses. They have seen what Joshua is doing to the inhabitants with Jericho and Ai. But these godless people have refused to repent and turn 
from their pagan and heathen ways, even though given over 400 years to repent. But let me draw your attention, that's, you know, the whole deception thing, to a couple of the articles of deception. Old bread and old wineskins. God has chosen for us Christians to observe communion, a personal time of fellowship between him and us, and he uses the very same articles that the Gibeonites used to deceive Joshua and Israel. The basic elements of food, bread and wine. We're going to take partake of communion. We recognize the bread as being representative of the body of Jesus, broken for us. The wine represents the blood of Jesus, shed for us, shed for our remission of sins. So we will partake together this morning using the same elements that Gibeon used as deception. These elements that are so plentiful, so basic, God allows now to be used in a good way. God have, could have chosen so many different things for us to do to partake of fellowship with him, but he used basic, simple things, bread and wine that are so plentiful, everyday things, yet he makes it special. The grace of God choosing basic, plentiful elements, bread and wine. So, we're going to have communion, and we're going to try to do it a little different this morning. We're going to have you come up in sections, take the elements, go back to your seat, and we will partake together. So let everybody get their elements. But we're going to start with this section over here on the right side. Come forward, take your elements, go back to your seat, and then we'll partake together. <laughs> 